Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why will why not? And today's what? We're going to take a slight deviation from the norm because we will not be reading from a forum. Instead, I'll be reading from a disturbing blog. Now, this blog in particular goes back to one of the earliest topics that I read about back when the podcast was first starting. Now, that topic is zoophilia, or better known as bestiality. Now, of course, bestiality or bestiality, however you like to pronounce it, is uh, the practice of humans having sex with animals. Now, this blog in particular is called vividrandomexistence.wordpress.com, and it features several arguments in defense of bestiality. And so what we're going to read is uh, a post that was brought to my attention by my friend Dynamo, who is the author of the Hipster Animals Tumblr, and she, she sends me horrible things from time to time, and this is no exception. So she sent me this link to this um, bestiality thing, and that's what I'm going to read for you. And there isn't really much to say about it, because this is, the title says it all. And uh, just in advance, there are 14 points to be made in this defense of bestiality. So hold on to your hats, and uh, hold your horses, but for the time being, don't have sex with them. All right, so let's get right into this blog post located at vividrandomexistence.wordpress.com. I will put a link to the actual blog post on my blog in case you feel like maybe you want to see this for yourself. Now, there's not a lot of, uh, just so you know, this is not like when I read from ZooTube 365 or uh, that other bestiality site. If you go to this website, you're not gonna be seeing f pictures of people having sex with animals. This is uh, just strictly a wall of words. So let's get right into it. So the title of the post is Common Arguments Against Zoophilia, Brackets, and Why They Fail. And it starts like this. It is suggested that you might also read this post. There is a link to another post which is entitled, Zoosexuality, Should It Be Considered Acceptable or Not? Zoosexuality is one of those subjects that is not only taboo, but that people love to criticize. Much of the criticism is caused by pure ignorance. As with many other minority groups throughout history, the majority has always been quick to condemn the minority only because they are different. Nonetheless, I have decided to take the time to examine some of the arguments, brackets, should I say myths, which unfairly condemn human-animal sexual interactions. The following is a list of arguments against zoosexuality and why they're bogus. Argument number one. Bestiality is unnatural. Opponents of bestiality claim that it deviates from nature and the natural instincts of animals. Why this argument fails. It has been proven that in nature, interspecies sex is fairly common. Therefore, when a human has sex with another animal, brackets, for example, a dog or a horse, this is also a form of interspecies sex. Also, remember that animals can and do have sex for non-reproductive purposes. Brackets, for example, many animals in the animal kingdom masturbate and have homosexual sex. Thus, when a human has sex with another animal, it is not unnatural because interspecies sex occurs in the wild and because animals do have sex for non-reproductive purposes. Thus, it makes no sense to say that it is quote-unquote unnatural for a human to have sex with another animal. Argument 2. Having sex with animals degrades people. Opponents of bestiality claim that by having sex with an animal, a person quote-unquote lowers themselves to the quote-unquote level of non-human animals. Why this argument fails. Humans were never, quote-unquote, above non-human animals to begin with. The very idea that humans are special, privileged, and, quote-unquote, above other animals is a fictitious delusion created by humans as a way to satisfy their own egos. In our society, there is something known as, quote-unquote, human exceptionalism. This is the delusional idea that humans are superior to other animals and are somehow in a different category from them. 
What followers of quote-unquote human exceptionalism fail to realize is that humans are animals. Yes, humans have some strange quirks like using money and building space shuttles, but ultimately we are still animals. We have DNA, eat, sleep, and reproduce just like other animals. Actually, I think that people who subscribe to quote-unquote human exceptionalism use it as an excuse to take advantage of other animals. For example, it quote-unquote allows them to accept slaughtering animals and hunting them because they're supposedly quote-unquote below humans. People need to realize that the quote-unquote human exceptionalism concept is anthropocentric, brackets human-centric, and is also speciest, brackets a bias in favor of one species, brackets usually humans, over another, close brackets. Note that quote-unquote speciesism is a term much like quote-unquote racism or quote-unquote sexism, except in this case it is applied to discrimination against other species. So instead of a racist bigot saying quote-unquote white power, a specious bigot would be saying quote-unquote human power. Humans are not special and not important. In fact, humans are incredibly egotistical and arrogant. On a cosmic scale, the Earth is equivalent to a grain of sand on a beach. The animals on this planet, brackets including humans, are in this world together. Argument 3. Having sex with an animal is sick and disgusting. Why? Why this argument fails? First of all, the terms quote-unquote sick and quote-unquote disgusting are prejudicial and intolerant terms. Brackets, they are a form of bigotry. The only reason people call it quote-unquote sick is because the majority of our society is ignorant and intolerant in regards to sexuality. They have visceral knee-jerk beliefs which are not based on rationality. Much of the reason why people call bestiality quote-unquote sick and quote-unquote disgusting is because of their own personal view of what they consider to be quote-unquote beauty. Most human males think of human females as being quote-unquote beautiful, and most human females think human and males are quote-unquote beautiful. Only recently have these rigid definitions of beauty been challenged, with the introduction of homosexual relationships to the mainstream. Here's the problem. Society has failed to accept the fact that zoosexual people think that non-human animals are beautiful and sexy. Because they fail to understand this way of thinking, they become hostile. Also, the quote-unquote disgust gene may be playing a factor in people's irrational and unjustifiable quote-unquote disgust over bestiality. In other words, for thousands of years, the people who reproduced brackets passed on their genes were people who viewed humans as sexually attractive instead of non-human animals. The result is that today, the majority of human offspring have a quote-unquote disgust bias against zoosexuality. No matter what the cause, there is no justification for disgust over human-animal relationships, just as there is no justification for disgust over homosexual relationships. There is no place for intolerance and bigotry in today's modern society. With regards to zoophiles, any form of quote-unquote disgust towards them is discrimination. Unfortunately, many people on the internet continue to spread their hateful, bigoted, intolerant, anti-zoosexual bullshit. Argument number four, having sex with animals is against religious teachings. Opponents of bestiality claim that the act of bestiality, quote-unquote, forbidden by God. Why this argument fails. Religion should not even be a quote-unquote argument at all, since it is not provable. It is worth saying this, though. Just because a few sentences in a religious text condemn something doesn't mean it represents the entire religious text. For example, there are about six verses in the entire Bible that condemn homosexuality. But if one were to read the entire Bible, one could probably find many passages which support homosexuality. Similarly, there are only four passages in the entire Bible which seem to condemn bestiality slash zoosexuality. But just as with homosexuality, one can easily dismiss these four verses and look at the Bible as a whole. Additionally, there are probably many passages in the Bible which could be interpreted as supporting bestiality. For example, Matthew 6.26 states that humans are not quote-unquote above non-human animals. 
Basically, religious texts are open to interpretation, and people who don't like bestiality pick and choose the passages which most closely resemble their preconceived prejudicial views about bestiality. Of course, don't forget that there are lots of atheists out there who consider religion itself to be a delusional human social construction which creates a fantasy and has no bearing in reality. 5. Having sex with animals is bad because it's against the law. Why this argument fails. Just because there is a law against something doesn't determine whether it's objectively ethical. For example, in some Middle Eastern countries, homosexual sex is against the law, and it is punishable with the death penalty. Does this mean that being gay is wrong? No, of course not. Similarly, there were laws until the 1960s which enforced racial segregation in the U.S. South. Was racial segregation good? Of course not. The legal system of our society is a constantly evolving entity, and to assume that something is bad just because it is currently against the law is just plain ignorant. Just as there are people who now want anti-zoosexual laws to be repealed, there were people in the 1940s who wanted racial segregation laws to be repealed. Ultimately, laws which prohibit consensual, non-abusive zoosexual activity are discriminatory and infringe on people's rights. Right now, zoosexual activity is legal, brackets de facto in 13 U.S. states, two U.S. territories, and D.C. There are some countries where it is legal and many countries where it is quote-unquote de facto legal. These countries where zoosexual acts are legal include Belgium, Finland, Denmark, <laughs> Japan, and Mexico. When zoosexual activity is criminalized, it gives anti-zoosexual people an excuse to claim it's quote-unquote immoral brackets. For example, people will say, quote-unquote, it is immoral because it is illegal. This twisted logic enables them to criticize bestiality simply because of the fact that it is illegal, brackets, and not for any justifiable reason. Also, keep in mind that laws against zoosexuality are in part driven by delusional religious, quote-unquote, morality. In this sense, laws against bestiality are not only unethical and discriminatory, but also force everyone to obey hidden religious values. Argument 6. Having sex with animals is immoral. Why this argument fails. This argument is not a valid argument because it is only what the majority thinks. For example, the majority of people in the U.S. South in the early 1800s thought slavery was morally okay. Was it? Of course not. Not only is morality a societal construct, it is completely relative. What is quote-unquote immoral today might not be immoral 10 years from now. Saying something is quote-unquote immoral is also a bad argument because morality is relative. The term for this is moral relativism. The relative term is cultural relativism. In a nutshell, these terms refer to the fact that what one society thinks is quote-unquote immoral may be completely moral and acceptable to a different society. For example, historically the Maasai people of Africa and some Native Americans American groups, brackets such as the Hopi Indians and the, and the Copper Inuit, were accepting and tolerant of human-animal sexual activity. They did not have a negative attitude towards it because their societies had not yet been contaminated with the delusional, hateful, religiously driven, quote-unquote, moral beliefs of Europeans, brackets, i.e. Puritans. The fact that there were, brackets, and are, societies that accept zoosexual activity is proof that morality is relative. Interspecies zoosexual activity is not objectively, quote-unquote, immoral. Depending on who one talks to, the response will be negative or positive. Unfortunately, the quote-unquote negative culture brackets, i.e. the culture which is hostile towards zoosexuality, is the dominant culture right now. But that does not make it a correct culture. Also, many zoosexual people will argue that when they have sex with an animal, it is not quote-unquote immoral action because it is non-abusive, does not inflict pain or suffering on the animal, and because of other factors, brackets, i.e. the animal is willing to have sex, the animal enjoys the sex with the human, the animal initiated the sex, etc. 
In terms of ethics, having sex with an animal can be seen as morally acceptable according to specific ethical viewpoints. Brackets, for example, the utilitarian viewpoint or the harm principle viewpoint. From these viewpoints, it can be argued that some kinds of zoosexual activity, brackets, i.e. those which involve zoosadism, are immoral slash cruel, and other kinds of zoosexual activity are not immoral. People often fallaciously and erroneously lump the bad kinds of zoosex into the same category as the good kind. Typically, when someone says zoosexuality is quote-unquote immoral, they're not really thinking hard about the issue. They're simply thinking with their quote-unquote gut and using emotional, hateful, knee-jerk beliefs and their own irrational aversion to it. They're also probably conforming to what the dominant culture thinks, brackets in other words, they aren't thinking for themselves. They are letting the culture do their thinking for them. Brainwashing. Argument 7. Animals are unable to consent to sex, so it is rape. Why this argument fails. This is perhaps the most common argument against bestiality. Although people love to use this argument against it, consider this. Did a cow consent to being killed and turned into a hamburger? Did deer consent to be hunted? Do dogs consent to be neutered? Do lab animals consent to be tested on? Of course not. Consider this quote. At first I went for the obvious, quote-unquote, the animal can't give consent argument, but in retrospect it is an incredibly weak and absurd argument. We generally don't treat animals as conscious beings. We treat them as resources and, as such, we almost never delegate human morals and rights onto animals, which is why in the grand majority of cases we don't care about consent. Anything which we use animals for, brackets, animal exploitation, whether it be food, entertainment, or medical tests, we don't ask their consent. We don't care. When we forcefully breed two horses, or when we forcefully jam a pipe into a mare's womb to forcefully inseminate it. We again don't care what they think or whether they give consent to it. We treat them as property. A dog, brackets, or a pig has as much say in whether he is eaten or whether he wants to take a walk. Basically, when someone gives me the consent argument, I honestly doubt he goes home in hopes that the steak he's about to eat came from a consenting animal. And that is a quote from someone from an escapistmagazine.com post. And back to the blog post. What the quote-unquote consenters fail to realize is that non-human animals are sentient beings just like humans, with their own rights and their own means of consenting. When it comes to sex, animals in the wild have sex all the time without ever verbally communicating with human words. The fact is, non-human animals can consent by using body language, and if they don't want something, they can show it by kicking, biting, etc. In this sense... <laughs> In this sense, having sex with an animal would only be considered quote-unquote rape if the animal in question were clearly forced into having sex against its will. But if the animal's body language is interpreted correctly, then it is not quote-unquote rape. There are many instances in which the animal, brackets for example a dog, was clearly the one who initiated the sexual contact, not the human. Brackets, this is known as re <sighs> This is known as quote-unquote reverse bestiality. <laughs> And keep in mind this situation. A woman is naked and on the floor in a doggy-style position. A dog approaches her from behind and uses his penis to penetrate the woman. This is proof beyond a reasonable doubt that in this situation, the dog was consenting to have sex with the human. The dog engaged in sexual intercourse with its own free will. The human did not force it to have sex. Also, when it comes to sex, non-human animals are more mature than humans. In the future, perhaps people will be able to hook up devices to the brains of non-human animals which will be able to convert what they're thinking into human words. Until that happens, it is reasonable to conclude that an animal's physical behavior is enough to indicate whether it wants to have sex or not. So in summary, consider these points considering the issue of consent. 
non-human animals do not verbally communicate brackets with human words when they have sex with one another in the wild. The animal kingdom has no attachment to quote-unquote morality because quote-unquote morality is a human-created concept, thus animals probably don't care about quote-unquote consent the way humans do because sex itself is not a quote-unquote big deal for non-human animals, brackets unlike humans who are very sensitive about sex and treat the issue far too seriously. Point three. Zoosexual animals have noted physical signs of pleasure in human-animal relationships. For example, a dolphin's vaginal area changing color. This indicates consent. One does not need to know, quote-unquote, what it is like to be a non-human animal in order to obtain its, quote-unquote, consent. In other words, people don't need to, quote-unquote, see the world the way a dog sees the world in order to have sex with it. Humans are animals, and because of this, we are on the same, quote-unquote, level as other animals, at least when it comes to intelligent mammals, brackets such as dogs, dolphins, horses, etc., Humans may be more advanced than other animals when it comes to cognitive abilities, quote, brackets, i.e. solving math equations, but when it comes to basic consciousness and basic sex drive, humans are the same as other animals. In many cases, consent is self-evident when the non-human animal is the one to make the quote-unquote first move. In regards to sexual intercourse, brackets, i.e. when a naked human is in a doggy-style position and a dog voluntarily penetrates him slash her from behind with his penis. Argument 8. Being zoosexual is only a choice, so it is unnecessary. Why this argument fails. Zoosexuality is a sexual orientation just like any other sexual orientation. People are born zoosexual in the same way people are born homosexual. It is an orientation that cannot be changed. Argument 9. Having sex with an animal is automatically animal abuse and animal cruelty. Why this argument fails. The idea that having sex with an animal is quote-unquote abusive is tied together with many of the things already mentioned. That because people think it is quote-unquote immoral and quote-unquote disgusting and quote-unquote rape, they erroneously conclude that it is quote-unquote abusive. But people need to realize something. When two humans have sex, it can either be abusive or non-abusive. Similarly, when a human and a non-human have sex, it can either be abusive or non-abusive. Generally speaking, sexual activity between humans and non-human animals is only abusive in a few cases. If the human is deliberately trying to inflict pain or harm the animal, then it could be considered abusive. But this is rarely the case. Sexual activity between humans and non-human animals is also abusive if the two participants involved are very different in terms of size. For example, if a male human were to penetrate a hen. This would be abusive because of the size difference. But if a large dog were to penetrate a human of either gender, either vaginally or anally, this would not be abusive because there would not be a size difference. Basically, having sex with a small animal is abusive, but having sex with a large animal isn't. According to the Scientific American, the majority of zoophiles are not cruel to animals, and most zoophiles are also animal rights activists because they passionately value the well-being of the animals they have sex with. In many ways, zoophiles and zoosexual people treat their animals better than the average person because they care for them so much. Unfortunately, because zoosexuality is taboo and unfairly loathed by... <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, because zoosexuality is taboo and unfairly loathed by our ignorant society, there are no laws or guidelines for what zoosexual activity is abusive and what isn't, which is why all of it gets unfairly put into one lump, quote-unquote, abuse category. Argument 10. Having sex with an animal will spread diseases. Why this argument fails. 
Although sexual contact between human and non-human animals can spread diseases, brackets such as brucellosis, having sex with a non-human animal is actually safer than having sex with another human. This is because there are many diseases and viruses, such as HIV, which cannot be transmitted from non-human animals to humans. It may seem counterintuitive, but having sex with a non-human animal is actually a good way to practice safe sex. And remember, non-human animals are actually a lot cleaner than humans. For example, the human mouth has many more bacteria than the cat canine mouth. When it comes to sex, having sex with a non-human animal can actually lessen the spread of diseases. The only reason people think that humans are cleaner and safer to have sex with other humans is because our genes and our rational society are telling us to think that. Also, remember that a non-human animal cannot make a human female pregnant, and a human cannot make a female non-human animal pregnant. It's because of the difference in chromosomes between the species. The only way to mix genes would be to create a human-animal hybrid in a laboratory. And also remember that zoosexual-related diseases such as brucellosis are rare and can be transmitted in other ways than just sex. So strictly speaking, brucellosis isn't a quote-unquote STD. During human-to-human -human sex and interspecies sex, there will always be the possibility of something unpleasant being transmitted. Brackets, in other words, it doesn't matter whether a person has sex with a person or another animal, sex is sex. Thus using protection, brackets, such as male condoms and female condoms, should provide protection during zoosexual acts in the same way they provide protection in quote-unquote regular human-to-human -human sex. Argument number 11. Having sex with animals is similar to pedophilia. Why this argument fails. This argument fails because it is absolutely false. Studies which have been attempted to link zoosexuals and pedophiles have been called quote-unquote severely flawed because they use insufficient data from only a small sampling, prison inmates. So of course the results are going to be distorted, brackets or should I say quote-unquote warped, in favor of the preconceived beliefs of the researchers. The truth is that there is no link between zoophilia and pedophilia. What people need to remember is that zoosexuality deals with mature animals, whereas pedophilia deals with immature humans. If a person has sex with an immature animal, that would be abusive. But the, but the vast majority of zoophiles only have sex with mature animals. And remember that other animals age at different rates. For example, a 10-year-old dog is equivalent to a 53-year-old human. So because of this, a 10-year-old dog is mature and it is not unethical to have sex with it so long as it is willing to have sex and is a large breed. It should be noted that some people believe that being a zoophile will somehow quote-unquote cause the person to quote-unquote become a pedophile, which is complete bullshit. Argument number 12. Animals don't enjoy having sex with humans. Why this argument fails. This argument is false. Non-human animals are capable of enjoying sex with humans because both humans and non-human animals have the same chemicals in their brains, such as dopamine and serotonin. That's because, as I've already mentioned, humans are animals. The response to sexual stimulation in the genitals of non-human animals is similar, brackets if not the same, to that of humans. It causes pleasure. And remember, the reason animals, brackets both humans and non-human, have sex in the first place is because it feels good. And it is an evolutionary trait. The animals who didn't get pleasure from sex all died out, and thus their genes were never passed on to the next generation. Argument 13. People only have sex with animals because it is easy and convenient. Why this argument fails. This argument is not true. Zoophiles and zoosexuals have sex with animals because they have a genuine attraction to those animals. Non-human animals are not just some quote-unquote sex toy that people grab when no human is around. In fact, nothing could be further from the truth.
People choose to be in the relationships. People choose to be in relationships with non-human animals. There are many zoosexual people who are only attracted to non-human animals. On the other hand, there are people who are attracted to both human and non-human animals. But the fact remains, whether a person is bi-species (brackets, i.e., attracted to humans and non-human animals) or a person is a quote-unquote zoo exclusive, only attracted to non-human animals, in both cases there is a legitimate attraction. Zoosexuals love animals. They don't use them as convenient sex toys. Additionally, there are people who are attracted to animals such as dolphins, brackets, animals they will probably never have contact with. It is critical to remember that zoosexuality is a legitimate sexual orientation. And the final argument goes like this. Argument number 14. People who have sex with animals are mentally ill and are psychopaths. Why this argument fails. Zoophiles are not psychopaths. They are perfectly normal people just like anyone else. They are your co-workers, friends, colleagues, etc. They probably just don't tell you about it because it's so taboo and stigmatized. The notion that zoophiles are quote-unquote mentally ill is derived from the prejudicial views of our society already discussed in this post, brackets, i.e. that because it is quote-unquote disgusting and quote-unquote immoral, it is thus quote-unquote mentally ill. But remember this, in the 1950s, homosexuality was considered to be a mental illness. Then in the 1970s, homosexuality was taken off the list of quote-unquote mental disorders. This just proves how subjective it is to call something quote-unquote, a mental disorder. What is a quote-unquote mental disorder right now might not be a quote-unquote mental disorder 20 years from now. And I believe that in the future, zoosexuality will not be considered a mental disorder because it is a sexual orientation and because zoosexuals are perfectly rational people who are happy to live their lives as zoosexuals. Brackets, however, they must do it behind closed doors and on the internet because of the extreme hostility of society on this subject. Zoophiles are not mentally ill, and zoosexuality is not a mental disorder. It is a way of life. A state of mind is only considered to be a quote-unquote mental disorder if it causes distress to the person in question. Most zoosexuals are not quote-unquote distressed by their attraction to animals. It is not a quote-unquote mental disorder. Brackets, see the term ipso facto. Just because zoosexuality isn't quote-unquote normal behavior doesn't mean it is a quote-unquote disorder. It is worth mentioning, though, that a lot of zoosexual people have developed mental disorders and anxiety disorder due to the constant hostility and quote-unquote angry mob intolerance that has been aimed at them by society in general. This vicious hostility forces them to hide in the shadows, brackets, i.e. the quote-unquote closet, and worry all the time. These disorders and anxieties are caused by society's hostility towards them, and they are not caused by the zoosexuality itself. Just as with homosexuality, people who are zoosexual can live out normal, mentally stable lives while still being true to their sexuality as long as they don't let society's anti-zoosexual hostility get to them. Oh, and one more point. Argument number 15. Zoophiles can't be trusted. Anti-zoophile bigots think that zoophiles simply go around quote-unquote raping animals and they quote-unquote can't be trusted around people's pets. Why this argument fails. People think that zoophiles go around raping people's animals. This is not true. Most zoophiles, brackets, i.e. ethical zoosexual people, only, <laughs> only have sex with their own animals, brackets, the ones that they are in relationships with. Also, as discussed with argument number seven, it is inappropriate to use the term quote-unquote rape when referring to interspecies sex. That is a prejudicial, inaccurate term. Some people are quote-unquote bestialists, brackets, i.e. people who don't care about the welfare of animals and have sex with them just because they can. And some people are quote-unquote fence hoppers, brackets, i.e. people who go onto others' property in order to have sex with an animal that doesn't belong to them. However, most zoophiles are not bestialists and not fence hoppers. Most zoophiles do care about the welfare of the animals, brackets, and love them. 
and most would not trespass to have sex with an animal that isn't theirs. Thus, a person who says that... <laughs> thus, a person who says, quote-unquote, that, brackets, zoophile, can't be trusted around your pets is an ignorant person, brackets, because he slash she is unaware of the fact that most zoophiles treat animals ethically and would only have sex with his slash her own animal. The act of sex alone does not equal animal abuse. Such an act only becomes abusive if the other factors are involved, brackets, i.e. size difference, violence, etc. This is similar to how human-to-human -human sex is only abusive under certain conditions. This is what most people fail to understand. The reality is that the act of sex between a human and another animal can be ethical, so long as certain conditions are met, and because of this, zoophiles can be trusted. Most have the same integrity that any ordinary person would have. And as said before, for most human-animal sexual interaction, the word quote-unquote rape is extremely inaccurate and insulting to zoophiles. And then there is a long quote and two videos and then 17 responses to this, which uh, I will not read them. Most of them are point-by-point -point, um, you know, arguments or are agreeing with the guy. So um, we will end there, although I will read this one quote, this one comment by Jonathan Hughes, who wrote, Humans need to see that Jesus is not in the humans in any way whatsoever warring against the zoosexual. The devil is the originator of war beginning war in heaven a long time ago. That is who the zoosexual is up against. Humans need to resist the devil so he will flee from them and then the zoo will find peace and acceptance. Whatever that means. Okay, well, that is the end of the blog post that I will be reading for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You. Well, what did you think? Did this uh, give you a new view? It made you kind of think about bestiality? I'm just going to come out and say that uh, I have not ever been attracted to animals. So this life choice is not one I've had to make. But uh, some people feel very strong about it. I recommend highly that uh, you watch the documentary Zoo, which is uh, you can watch it on YouTube in like 10 minute chunks. Uh, it's probably on Netflix and things like that. It is a documentary about a guy who was like a former, I forget what his job was, but it was like a NASA contractor or something like that. And he led a clandestine life where he had a horse that he kept at this uh, ranch that was an international place where people would come from all over the world to have sex with animals. And he had kept the animal there. And then he ended up being killed by the horse in a sex accident. And um, the... <laughs> The most crazy part of the video. The video, they don't show anybody's faces. It's all told in sort of like these vignette imagery and some some interviews with people. But they show one scene where the, these people had filmed all these people having sex with these animals. And when they found out the feds were coming, they were like throwing the CDs or, you know, trying to get rid of them all of the, the CDs and DVDs they had burned. And um, will the police find one of them and they show they show a video of just people watching a video. And I believe it is the they just playing the audio of what it sounded like the, of the guy having sex with the horse. The guy is being penetrated by the horse. I don't know if that's clear. And the, uh, I mean, the sound is just like this insane, like, oh, <laughs> like guttural noise there's you know when i watched it i was like oh my god oh man it's like the only part of the whole video where i was just like oh what is that noise horrifying but anyway i recommend it it's, it's not like watching actual animals have sex with people certainly we've all seen that right i mean everyone is like me and had a friend whose mom had a vhs tape of that right with some bestiality videos right i'm not talking out of class here right everybody's Everybody's got that experience. Just me? Oh, 
So, yeah, what did you think? I'm sure some of you were just like, hmm, I'm going to start having sex with my consensual sex with my dog right now. Just wasn't reading the signs right before. I do like some of the points in here, the idea of the female condom. Not sure who wears the female condom in a bestiality scenario. The woman is like, oh, hot night with the dog tonight. I better put in my female condom because uh, although then was it is the dog going to complain? The dog can't feel anything. It's not the same. And I'm also, I, I, I thought syphilis or gonorrhea were readily contracted uh, and were by farmers who have sex with their animals uh, sheep and stuff um, I thought that was maybe that maybe I'm misremembering that theory I learned as a child this person speaks very eloquently about the injustice of bestiality lovers uh, that they suffer at society's hand don't see that changing anytime soon because uh, you know as they say homosexuals uh, are like one in ten in theory, percentage-wise in the society. Um, gotta wonder what percentage bestiality folks are. Zoophiles. I may sound bigoted if I say I'm hoping it's less than 1 in 10. But uh, maybe in this lifetime. Unlikely. Uh, Alright, well, we will leave this topic behind. Feel free to send me your thoughts about this episode at loureads at gmail.com or on the Facebook page of this post or the Tumblr if you so desire. Um, as I, or the tweeters or the hootsats. Anyway, um, anyway, what else? Lou Reads news as the holiday season starts to get closer. Think about if you would like me to read something for you or a family member. Um, I'll be offering that service again this fall season. And uh, keep sending in those suggestions of things for me to read. I'm going to be remaking magnets. I'm going to be making um, maybe some like playing cards for those who like those kind of things. I found a place to make them real cheap. They're not the best quality, but we'll see how it goes. And, you know, some other stuff. Trying to get a, another live show for looks like November in New York. And, of course, I'm available to do the shows elsewhere if you want me to come to your town. Anyway, uh, yeah, so other Lou news. Things are going okay with my wife. We are at the halfway point of her chemo starting on Wednesday, and that is a good thing. So uh, things are looking good so far, so fingers crossed. And other than that, not a whole lot going on. I do want to take care of a little bit of business. Um, last episode, I forgot to thank the person who suggested that. So uh, hats off to longtime listener, good friend of the podcast, White Power James. Or White Power Jim. Whatever you prefer, whether you're being formal or not. White Power Jim. And I think that will probably do it for this episode of Lou Reads. Yeah, why not go crazy? So that's going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads. The internet for you specifically reads about whether or not you should be judging those who have sex with animals. At least now you have something to talk about at Thanksgiving, right? You can always bring this topic up. It's a great conversation stopper. As always, my name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>